Come on. Come on. Welcome to Farm Discipleship. This week, we interviewed Roy and Debbie Chandler of Grand Kid Acres. Roy and Debbie met and dated in the 70s, but it wasn't until 1989, after going their separate ways, that they reconnected and finally married in 1989. When they did, one of the core values they agreed on was that family is everything. Between the two of them, they have three children and now 13 grandchildren. In 2011, they moved to Van Alstine, where they were able to fulfill Roy's dream to have some acreage. More specifically, to grow a garden and to be more self-sufficient, raising as much as they could off the land. They work together as a team, Debbie says. He grows it, and I can it. One day, when they had a grand field of grandkids flying kites, Roy said, I know what I want to call this place. And that is how they became Grandkid Acres. One of the many reasons we're excited about this interview is Roy and Debbie's role in starting up and coordinating our local farmer's market here in town. Set up every Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m. along the railroad track, our rail car farmer's market began in April of 2018. The first year they started with around eight vendors and ended up with 15 or 16, but at one point they had 25. For 2020, the start date has unfortunately been delayed because of the pandemic, but already they are up to 18 vendors. As you listen to our interview with Roy and Debbie Chandler from Grand Kid Acres, we hope you'll hear these three points. First, the rail car farmer's market is the social focal point of the week in town because people want to know where their food comes from, how it's grown, and the people connected to their food. Farmer's markets aren't about competition, but about relationships and community and teaching people how to eat fresh food. Secondly, we don't grow on our own. Kids need responsibilities and want to help when they have the opportunity, at any age. God's intention is for us to be in the garden, and that the food Roy and Debbie grow is a reminder of how God is helping them and doing more than they can do on their own. And third, there is something so rewarding when everything on your table has been raised or grown by you. Debbie tells us what she's doing with ugly tomatoes. Don't miss the story. So, have a listen, and thanks for joining us again on the farm. Way back in late 70s, early 80s, when Mother Earth Magazine first came out. You bet. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I ended up with them, uh -huh. but I did and started reading it, and oh, I was all for it. I kept, matter of fact, I even looked into moving to Canada. Wow. Because I found a place there that's population density, they said at that time, was one person per 10 square miles. Oh, wow. So I was going, mm -hmm. but then Canada, they're... Immigration duty, you have to have mm -hmm. two years of money in the bank, and I barely had a month. <laughs> so, so that kind of went by the way. But um, I always kept wanting to do that, wanting to do that's what I always wanted to do. And matter of fact, by the time Debbie and I finally got married, well, after we moved up to Mesquite, our whole backyard was nothing but raised beds. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, they, the, the real estate agent 
when she came first, that's how bad that was. Well, so when we saw the house, I, the I next tore year. it all out, leveled, got all the dirt and everything, everything back to yard. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't sell it with the first agent. And the second agent came in, and she's going, well, why did you take your dog to, to raise beds out? That would have been a great selling point. And I'm going, well. <laughs> and matter of fact, the people that bought it, he was talking, he was standing out there kind of look, walking off, and I said, what are you doing? He said, I was thinking about where I was going to put my raised boxes. Oh, oh, my gosh. I'm going on. <laughs> we just tore all that out. If you, if you knew. And yeah, no, I spent three mm-hmm. years getting them, you know, the beds just right and everything mm-hmm. and growing, working. Mm-hmm. So what was it about the Mother Earth it just, that well, attracted I, your attention? I've never been a sea person to start mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up in Arkansas, most of it, mm-hmm. and just can't stand seas. Mm-hmm. And wanted to get out on my own, and I liked the idea of homesteading, self-sufficient, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of in the background, but mm-hmm. I always had to work, make money, kids, bills. Mm-hmm. So Did you grow up in the country? Part of it, until I don't know when was about fifth, or fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to Odessa. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my parents were living in Arkansas, you know, born and raised in Arkansas. Okay. But the little place where we're from, unless you're got a lot of acreage to farm, there's really no industry there. Mm. So we moved to Michigan, and Dad worked in the um, furniture factories for a while up there, mm. and we lived way out in the country on a blueberry farm. Huh. And matter of fact, I picked blueberries when I was a kid, got money for picking blueberries, uh-huh. but we had a huge garden in the back because that's, many times if we didn't need to have a garden, we just didn't need to, it was that simple. Sure. But then my little brother got sick with asthma, and mm-hmm. in those days, you know, the doctors told you you had to go to a drier climate. Right. Know? So we moved to Odessa. Okay. Okay. And in Odessa, you know, we didn't have much gardening, but as soon as, after I got out of the Marines and stuff, got situated up this way well i've always had a few a little bit of a garden mm-hmm. so finally we got to the point where we bought the land and everything and mm-hmm. my goal when we started out at this land was to try within five or six years to be self you know about 75 80 percent self-sufficient mm-hmm. we hadn't made it yet but mm-hmm. you're, but, working, um, you're working towards we're it. we're getting there well yeah. you you're raising a lot of different things and well, there's, we kind of got off into the area of doing the farmer's market to help pay for the infrastructure for everything else. Because mm-hmm. we don't really, making a living, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to, we'd have to do three or four farmer's markets a week. I'd have to have help and you would have to double everything. Sure. Oh, it's, yeah. it's like oh, anything yeah. else, it's, it's return of, you know, how much production can you get mm-hmm. in a quantity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just slowly working, getting everything situated and set up. Mm-hmm. Eventually, if not, we'll, we're still having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like getting getting the farmers market to you know? The, what was the what, what at what point did you realize we could probably do a farmers market in Van Austin, Texas? Well, I don't know. Do you know Peter and Catherine Hampton mm-hmm. from Stonefield Farms? They also mm-hmm. sell chicken. They're mm-hmm. they're really yeah. good friends. Matter of yeah. fact, we're going out to dinner later mm-hmm. tonight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing the farmer's market in Sherman. Okay. And Catherine and Peter and I was, I, I got permission. At the time, the lady that owned the um, whistle, used to be the Whistle Stop right. restaurant. Right. Um, Lorna. Now it's Arroyo. Lorna? Yeah, Lorna. Lorna. Okay. I never can remember her name. Lorna. Anyway, yeah. she was super sweet and said mm-hmm. that she gave me permission to set up 
So Peter had set his little boots up and I set mine up there. But she did not want a farmer's market. I'm sure it's a liability. Anyway, we were set up there and we did fair. And people were constantly coming in wanting, you know, why don't you start a farmer's market? Why don't you start one? So that winter, I went to, I called the CDC and I called the chamber Mm -hmm. and requested a meeting. So we sat down and I told them what I wanted to do. They thought it would be a great idea. And so I teamed with him and the city, and the city has been absolutely fantastic about yeah. supporting us and helping us. Yeah. The CDC, I, there is no way to say nice enough words about them. They pay our a fee to the city for us. CDC is? No, it's a Community Development Corporation. Okay. They, they come in and try to help businesses and yeah. give grants to, you know, like down there, the dentist who tore that old awning that was falling down there mm-hmm. in the corner and oh, repainted yeah. everything. Got a... CDC gave mm-hmm. me a grant mm-hmm. for that. They're super. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, again this year, they told me the other day that they were going to pay for our fees. The city was going to require us to have four porta potties out there. Those are expensive. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. But the CDC went to bat for us okay. and got it down to one, and they're paying for it. So why do you think they thought it was a good idea? Because it brings a, it, it truly brings a lot of people into the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a social and event. Absolutely. absolutely. It, it's become the social focal point of the week. It's, yeah. yeah, that's what we've experienced. It's yeah. a Com- community. I mean, we find a lot of people that are standing around afterwards just talking and people meet up there and mm-hmm. it's great. Well, and then every so often there's music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they have, that's every third Tuesday mm-hmm. in the month they have mm-hmm. music in the park. Yeah. Okay. Year before last, we had it there in the little bandstand where we were down yeah. there. Uh-huh. We had it there. The problem was we all we're trying to, you know, want to go home and trying to tear down right in the middle and play music that is right. rude. So mm-hmm. we had to sit there for an hour waiting and put in a lot of us like, well, like Peter, he has to get up and go to work at three o'clock in the morning. Oh. Mm-hmm. So he didn't get home till 10, 11 o'clock and that's pretty tough mm-hmm. on the old guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I kept talking that that spot where we were at was okay, but we were outgrowing it fast mm-hmm. and there was no shade. Right. I mean, it was miserable in the yeah. sunlight. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And the city, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, that area to the left of where we're at now, yeah. that used to be where the um, um, city works department yeah. used to be, uh-huh. which they moved out on the They're building. Right. Yeah, they're building a new building out of A uh, hardware store. Well, the hardware store is <coughs> over further, across the other street. Okay. Yeah. But that area right there where we're at, there's two acres there. Okay. The city bought parking lot that's next to us mm-hmm. they bought the area from the chamber that where we used to be mm-hmm. that's all going to turn to parking but that two acres they're working on putting in a big park downtown mm-hmm. it's going to be a use event center there right be, i've seen the plans i sit on the board that okay. draw up some of the plans there's going to be a big bandstand right in the center of it there'll be nice bathrooms there there'll be a splash park right over there and everything kind of in a concentric circles yeah. mm-hmm. coming out of it so far, and I'm hoping they manage to keep it in. There's, they're talking about a covered pavilion for us over there for the farmers. Oh, market. wonderful! And you know, but they've got half the money up so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's expensive. Yeah, you know, yeah for sure. a little city, that's it takes yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. our city manager, he's really trying hard. Yeah, he's done mm-hmm. us a lot of stuff for all the new sidewalks and all that stuff. He's worked hard. What do you think? I mean, what is it about the farmers market in Van Alstine? that has resulted in this sense of community. And I mean, like you say, it is, 
it seems to be, it's, you kind of, you set your, I mean, I've got it on my calendar. (laughs) I think people want to know where their food's coming from. When they go up there, they want to meet the person. They want to come out to our farm, Mm -hmm. and we welcome that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it's a huge draw for the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you look, I'm, I'm really proud to say that most of the people that are in their age of and this is rough, 25 to 40 or so, mm-hmm. have really started wondering about where their food comes, what's in it, mm-hmm. how is it produced. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the farmer's markets, I get a lot of questions from people. How are you growing it? Why are you growing it? You know, mm-hmm. And they're truly interested in what went into getting that food there. Right. Because we've become a society that has no clue of where our food comes mm-hmm. from and how it is. I get calls still. Right. We had a call, what, two weeks ago? Lady wanted to come out and get the zucchinis off from us. Mm-hmm. And we're going, it's not in season. And right. she could not understand, well, Seasons. she can get it from Walmart, so why right. can't she get it from us? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, but with the environment and everything, with all the talk on the environment, uh-huh. think about it. That, if she gets zucchini from Walmart, right. if it was in the USA, which it probably isn't at this right. point, it's probably either Chile or Mexico, mm-hmm. but it would have been trucked all the way from California. Mm-hmm. Us. That's right, and you know what do they call that? Food miles. How mm-hmm. many yeah. food miles does it take to get? So were you ever, you were, were you able to help her understand seasons? I, I, well, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, it, but it's a paradigm shift for folks. Well, it is. Most people, like I said, most of these kids. Well, I had a lady one time. She was talking, and she did not realize that she actually had to kill that animal. Mm-hmm. She was telling me about Whole Foods only has, you know, they don't, they don't harm their animals. Well, ma'am, yeah, they do. Uh-huh. <laughs> At some point. It, yeah. You know, we just, we have, our cities have become so disconnected exactly. from it. And if you think about our food chain, we have that just-in-time delivery systems. Mm. Every store we had is three days at max from being completely out mm. if they don't get deliveries. I don't know if you've ever been around in a tornado or anything, yeah. hurricanes. I used to live, when I was in the Marines, I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I liked it so much, so I moved back down there for a few years. Mm-hmm. And we were, during a hurricane, I run a grocery store down there. Mm-hmm. And during the hurricane, I mean, we were stripped. It looked like army ants come in. Wow. And it got so bad, we were taking, guys were sliding cases on the floor through the back door out to me and I was taking a box cutter and stripping the top open in those days we just stamped everything mm-hmm. and sliding it in the floor and before we got stopped it was empty because mm-hmm. people were taking it so fast yeah yeah so you think about if we're only three days from something causing our food because of where it's trucked from everywhere right but if we start shifting back to the to buying more local creating more products locally we can fix that problem. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. That's and true. what other benefits might there be? You know, it's not just survivor reasons, but um, well, quality. What, yeah. The quality yeah. and the freshness. Uh-huh. Right. It's just it's like yeah. eating a tomato that we grow versus one in the grocery store. Right. Oh, sure. One's in the grocery store, they're grown not for flavor and taste, they're right. grown for shipping. Uh-huh. Huge difference. Yeah. They pick green, they run through, they put them in a warehouse, they flush them with gas, to get them to start ripening, and right. they shipped out. Right. But they're extremely thick-skinned because the 
can't cruise. Mm-hmm. Most of the heirlooms and tomatoes I buy, there's well, usually we go home with six, eight, ten or so that's gotten bruised because sure. people are coming up and picking them up. Mm-hmm. They get bruised because they're so thin skinned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're tasty, and also they're ugly. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, I grow ugly too. The ugly ones <laughs> taste better. <laughs> So right. we'll th- and he is so particular about what he will set on that table to sell. So if it's ugly, and it stays at home, what do you do with it? Well, <laughs> I take it, and when I we have excess tomatoes, uh-huh. and I don't have time to do anything with them at the time, we'll run them through the food mill, uh-huh. put them in the freezer, and then I get it out when season slows down a little bit, right. and I make homemade spaghetti sauce. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, one year I didn't last year. I did not um, can tomatoes during the summer because I knew he was going to have a bunch planted in the fall. Mm -hmm. So come the fall, he planted, oh gosh, what was it, 60 to 100 tomato plants? I had over 100 Mm -hmm. tomato plants. And it came up hard for him. Mm -hmm. And we lost every one of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you take advantage of it when you've got it and put it up. I don't like to waste anything. Right, right. Mm -hmm. But the quality is so much different. Yeah. In the taste. Mm-hmm. Well, it also seems like Grand Kid Acres does a lot of value-added products. You make a lot of good canning stuff. and the you brought some to us just a little while ago. I know, did. Um, <laughs> is that canning? Is that something y'all grew up with, or did you? Did you, you know, I think maybe parents, the first time I had a neighbor. I had a neighbor that taught me how to make jelly mm-hmm. one year, mm-hmm. and then the probably never did any more canning until. Mm-hmm. Um, Roy and I got married, and his mom was big into canning, mm-hmm. so she taught me a lot of things about it. But Catherine has taught me a lot as well. But since um, since I've started canning, I, in fact, I was looking at I keep a journal mm. of the dates that I make stuff and what I make and the recipe that I mm-hmm. use because if it doesn't turn out, I don't want to use that recipe right. again, you know. You know? Yeah. And so I did. I started my first canning on our land now mm-hmm. in 2013. Okay. And since then I've canned over 3,000 jars. Whoa. So that's a lot of canning. It's usually about five or 600 jars. Mm-hmm. And so what uh, all do you can or what do you make? What do you, what I, all do you? I do a lot of pickles. Obviously we eat pickles. The grandkids mm-hmm. eat pickles. Um, I make um, jams, jellies, spaghetti sauce, canned tomatoes, um, green beans, green beans Pickled beets. Um, mm-hmm. We we, we haven't else? made it in a while, but we used to make a soup mix. A soup mix. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's got all your and corn veggies, and everything, mm-hmm. and everything is there. All you have to do, if you want a good supper, you well, you could eat it just as it is, kind of a vegetable soup. Right. But you mm-hmm. can take chopped up some meat and make your soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom, Roy's mom supper. taught me that, yeah. and it, it's just wonderful. Okra pickles. During the winter mm-hmm. time, when it's so cold, and you open up. You know those fresh tomatoes. Mm. It just makes a huge difference mm-hmm. in a pot of chili or a mm-hmm. pot of stew. Um, I do zucchini bread. I do a lot of zucchini bread. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> loves the zucchini bread. And oh, yeah. a funny story about that is some of the grandkids don't all like zucchini, but they all want grandma's zucchini bread. Oh. And so one day I was I had leftover zucchini out, and I had the food processor out, and I put all of it through there, and then I was going to put it in the freezer. Then right. that way. I have zucchini throughout the year to make bread. And one of the little granddaughters said, what is that? And I said, that's zucchini. She said, why? I said, for zucchini bread. She said, I've been eating that. (laughs) (laughs) So one way or the other, she gets her vegetables. I love it. I love it. Yeah. um, Roy wants me to start 
canning cooked chicken and, and really and canned chicken. Well, you can can it like chicken and dumplings. Sure, you can that would be a chicken for the. There's many times when we come in, you know, I've been working all day. She, we both work mm-hmm. from home. See, I work a part-time job, plus we do the gardening and everything. Mm-hmm. And now we're taking care of my mother. So sometimes we come in and we're tired. You sure. bet. And we're always tired. <laughs> I'm old, okay? <laughs> but it's so simple. You walk in there, pop the lid on it, stick it in the pot, heat it up, and you have oh. supper. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's so much better than going for takeout. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, haven't done it yet. I need to try it that's this year. Experiment. That would be pres- uh, pressure canning. Uh-huh. And most everything I do right now is is through the water bath. It's really mm-hmm. easy. But um, I, so I planted um, gladys or spinach today. I planted a gladys on mustard greens today. Plus, I planted a 50-foot row of shelling peas mm. today. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my tomatoes. I'm hoping to start putting tomatoes in the hoop house. Probably Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a little more. I got two more rows in the hoop house to get worked up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll start putting tomatoes. I've got them already. They're about that big in my little seed house. Uh huh. You grow most of your plants from mm-hmm. seed or you, you grow them from seed? Most of it, yeah. Where do you get your seed from? Most of the time I get it from Johnny Seeds. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's others. Sometimes I'll get it from um, uh, Southern Seeds, uh, from. Mm-hmm. Uh, parks. Um, there's several of them that yeah. I get it from, but the yeah. bulk of it I get it from John's. Right. It's yeah. just he's bought from them. Mm-hmm. They've got a great variety. Mm-hmm. It's really they make it simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they send me every year a list of what I bought for last year and everything, so it's mm-hmm. real simple. And I use their wish list thing. I'll go through and put it on the wish list of what I want, and then when I'm ready to order, I just pull it off the wish list and order. Mm-hmm. So it's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying grafted tomato plants this year. Hmm. So I did buy them. Matter of fact, they came in today. So why buy. why grafted? What it is is like heirloom tomatoes. Right. They're wonderful, but they're low in productivity, and they're extremely susceptible to diseases. And we got everything in the world here. For mm-hmm. You know, tomatoes. I don't know how anything survives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you take like the heirloom tomato, like brandywine. Right. And it's grafted to a root system that's real strong with disease resistance and everything. And it will help make that plant stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never tried them before. I've done a lot of research into it. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try it this year and see mm-hmm. if it actually works. Because I love growing the, the heirlooms because they just mm-hmm. taste better. Yeah. Yeah. But I usually have to grow some hybrids in there just to get enough productivity to get enough product right. you know, to sell. And so this year, I'm hoping we'll find out. Yeah. So it's an heirloom tomato grafted to a hybrid root system. rootstock. Mm-hmm. And okay. they're, the rootstock in itself would not produce anything. Right. But it gives that, it's kind of like giving vitamins to the mm-hmm. plant, I guess. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to try that this year. Yeah, the, all my research, everything says you get anywhere from 30 to 40% more productivity out of it. They're expensive, but you know, yeah, that's something I need to learn how to do myself because you can you can do it yourself, it's right? Just, I've yet to my patient level might not be good enough. <laughs> um, speaking of patience and other lessons that we can learn from some of this, you've got grandkids, hence the name Grandkid Acres 13, mm. and they help you, 
Yeah. Some. <laughs> they try hard. They really but, do. So, so fact, tomorrow I'll have one of them. He, he's trying to earn some money. He wants to buy a hoverboard. Okay. And and to their parents' credit, they don't just give their kids stuff. Right. Yeah. They have to earn it. Right. Okay. They save their money up if it's, you know, if yeah. it's something. And so a lot of times they'll, they'll come up and... They'll pull weeds for me, or yeah. they'll pick up, and yeah. they'll do things, but they earn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, he's coming to help me tomorrow. And I was yeah. going to ask, what lessons can you learn on the farm, and what lessons do you hope your grandkids oh. are learning just in growing up, you know, seeing and, and participating in what y'all are doing? I think that's where part of our problems are with families and mm-hmm. kids these days is they don't have the responsibilities. Right. Used to kids I mean we did mm-hmm. you had to feed you know, chickens you had animals you had to feed and do there was a lot of chores you had to do before you went to school mm-hmm. and then when you got home you had chores to finish up mm-hmm. kids don't have that nowadays mm-hmm. and with the farm there's always work to be done that's why so many farm families you know the farmers they had 10 15 kids right. you know <laughs> yeah I mean maybe not that many but they had a uh-huh. bunch of kids yeah right? but so most of them labor. most of them want to help Oh, you yeah. know, when oh, they're I'm, there. Oh, the kids yeah. are, I, I, I tease about the kids, but I have, they probably want to help more than I have patience to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What about their friends when they when they have they their friends out? They think it's out? cool. They, they think it's cool. Come up mm-hmm. and see the chickens, and we used to have ducks, and they thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. We actually had a, a, a family work day. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? Yeah, Grandpa was, asked a, everybody. It was a lot better than I Figured it would be. Uh-huh. It turned out to be absolutely to the credit of every one of those kids and every one of the grandkids. They all showed up and they all actually worked. They uh-huh. all worked. I was really, I figured, yeah, How they'll show that? up, but it'll be, you know, everybody <laughs> leaned against the hole watching me work. But they don't. No, they, and he got, got a it. lot done that did. day. I was, I kept thinking, well, we could do this every week. but <laughs> Girl, In fact, we did it on Easter weekend. We mm. did it on the Saturday before uh-huh. Easter. And so <laughs> then, um, I cooked up a big meal for, for afterwards, and then the kids got to have a little Easter egg hunt mm-hmm. afterwards, so we kind of made it a, a family day yeah. that day. Yeah. Do you think they appreciate the food on the table more when mm-hmm. they help to pull the weeds? Mm-hmm. That's what our... Feed the chickens? One of our granddaughters, in the first year, matter of fact, the reason I remember this, it popped up in the Facebook as a memory. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, just started the garden. It was the very first thing I was planting was potatoes. You know, um, probably about this time that year. Right. Well, she was with me that day, and so she helped me plant all the potatoes. She came along, put the little seed potatoes mm-hmm. in. We covered them up and everything. As soon as we got done, she said, Grandpa, let's go get a chair. I said, why? She said, so we can sit down and watch them grow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we got to talk. <laughs> I think they realize, I think they realize a lot of things that, that come from, from the farm. Yeah. Because, um, I can remember one year when we were, we had meat chickens, and and one of the little granddaughters like, is that, is that Delaware? <laughs> we had, <laughs> when we got our first chickens, we had a few. One one of them was a Delaware. Okay. You know, breed of yeah, Delaware. Yeah. And I don't think it ever laid any eggs at all. Mm-hmm. Just one of those, but it was one of those that was friendly. Right. All, all the rest of them would run away, but that one would let the kids actually pick it up. Mm. So we named it Delaware, and it, I let it stay mm-hmm. because it let the kids pick sure. it. Mm-hmm. 
and so they always just they were always worried when they come up to eat because I was always saying if you don't work, you know, that's right. Either they pull their weight or else they you come supper. Uh-huh. And so we would eat the chicken. They was always worried. Is this Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't Delaware. <laughs> so what happened to Delaware? Well, we gave it to the 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 kids down the hill from us. They wanted some chickens, and they were backbacks was uh, when you're in when you're trying to raise chickens eggs to sell you need high productivity and mm-hmm. after a chicken is first year is good second year is okay but after that they start declining mm-hmm. in their rate of lay now they will lay a bigger egg where there'd be less eggs mm-hmm. so I was replacing those so I just gave them to them mm-hmm. well as a matter of fact Delaware one day they got to missing it down there couldn't find it was in it Delaware mm-hmm. okay couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> well, the next day we found out they found it. Uh-huh. Well, it seemed Molly was unloading her car, uh-huh. and if you left the door open or might have had a little help, because when we asked one of the grandsons, did he know anything about it, and he said, well, she flew in there. She they found in, the, she the chicken in inside there. her car. But, but it survived it. it. Well, yeah. no, but it, survived. it I think something ended up getting it eventually by a predator or something. But... But it, it did it survive made a that. lot of mess in there. Oh, but, but as the grandson said, it flew in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it might have had a little help. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, tell us about how your faith influences your farming and, and vice versa. You know, is... How does that work for y'all? I tell you, I'm I'm one of these, you know, and Lord, you know, I can't quote the scriptures, you know. I can mm-hmm. tell you, I can paraphrase things. I just can't quote you where. Mm-hmm. The story where Jesus is in a home and there's two women there. One is, you know, at his feet listening to every word he's saying. The other one's scurrying around working, mm-hmm. cooking and cleaning, and she's wanting him to tell her to get up. I'm kind of like that woman. I'm better just working in the background mm-hmm. while everybody else talks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never be somebody that could stand on a street corner and yell. You know, just, mm-hmm. I'd just be more, I'd be the one picking up the trash afterwards. And, right. Because I kind of feel like at the end of it, even God's going to have to have somebody water him mules when he gets up there. So <laughs> I'd be me. That's you. you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Whoops. That's good. That's good. That's so good. That's, that's the Arkansas coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, like I said, I'm, Pretty much just quiet about it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Don't mean that I'm not. Yeah. Right? I'm just not real comfortable talking a lot about sure. it. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. When yeah. When Debbie, when I uh, approached you at the farmers market and said, you know, Ronnie and I are thinking about doing this project where we're talking to folks about farming and food and faith. And your reflex reaction was, but you can't have one without the other. That's right. And I said you need to add family to that That's as right. Well. That's right. Yeah. Farming, food, faith, yeah. and family. family. Say yeah. more about that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, family is so much. Uh-huh. And uh, we just, we love our life out there. Yeah. Doing what we're doing. Right. You know? And if it wasn't for the family, you know, I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I, I lost a daughter when she was four. Mm. And I may be wrong on this, but I think God's kind of compensated me because me and him were angry at each other for mm. a long time over that. Mm-hmm. 
and I think he kind of compensated me with all his grandkids. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just, those grandkids just. That's what it is. Yeah, it really, yeah. Them. It's right. It's, at the it's hard to, it, I've, I've had people, you tell them about it, and they, they don't understand until they've had their first grandchild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a light clicks on. Right. Mm-hmm. It just, your world changes. Well, when you have your own kids, yes, you love every bit about them, but you, it's your job to teach them. Yeah. Not to be their friend, but to teach them, to yeah. train them the way they should grow up to be. Mm-hmm. Grandkids, we can have, if they want chocolate candy for breakfast, we're going to have chocolate candy. Matter of fact, we have surprise waffles, and it's got piles of whipped cream and chips and and sprinkles and stuff on it. Uh And they can have nutrition with that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Four of them live right down the hill, so every Sunday morning before church, they come up for breakfast, and they usually get to choose what they want on the menu for the day. Nice. Yeah. I said, Grandpa makes good pancakes, and they're like, Grandpa makes good everything. Mm-hmm. He's the cook. He's the chef of uh-huh. the family, so, yeah. Well, Pretty we, good eating. We yeah. run a meat plant the last 20 years before we moved out here. We do a further processing plant where uh-huh. we mm-hmm. cook center, what's called center of the plate, in other words, the meat proteins mm-hmm. for restaurants and hotels. Mm-hmm. And I've been a meat cutter. When I was 12, my mother... When we moved to, let me get straighten this up, sorry. When we moved to Odessa, my mother got a job at Gibson's Discount Center Gibson's. in the meat market, yeah. working as a meat wrapper. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought we was dying into heaven because all of a sudden we were having steak for breakfast, you know, because yeah. the steaks they pulled out of the counter are what they call dark steaks. Mm-hmm. She got them at an extreme discount, so, I mean, boy, my, man, it was the greatest thing that ever happened, right, you know. Right. Yeah. But um, by the time I was 12, she was, they would bring me up, and I'd rake the sawdust in those days, and I'd do the cleanup, and I'd tag bacon, and I'd bag chickens. And mm-hmm. But by the time I was 15, I was a journeyman meat cutter. Wow. And in those days, you know, we still had swinging beef and everything. Mm-hmm. So about two years, three years, I was a full journeyman meat cutter, and I was making journeyman meat cutter wages. Mm-hmm. And they were still paying me under the table because I was too young to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but right? So I grew up cutting meat, and then... The industry um, and when I got the job working for it's called HB meats and we cut meat for hotels and restaurants and stuff and so I got to meet all the chefs like Dean Faring and all the other chefs mm-hmm. and stuff and I learned a lot yeah mm-hmm. I bet. it was a lot of fun I bet. But yeah. I hired Debbie because I needed somebody but she was always fussing me I had to get up at three o'clock every morning uh-huh. go to work She'd be fussing at me, but I didn't stay up, mm. you know. Late at night. Late at night, you know, because <laughs> 7 o'clock, I was headed to bed. Right. That's all there right. was to it. Right. Yeah. And two weeks after I hired her, I walked around. I couldn't find her nowhere. Trying to figure out where she went. Went in there, and she was already piled up to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she never complained anymore about, <laughs> about going to bed. Um, at the farm, or in your farming experience, as far as, are there moments when, you just kind of feel God in it. Oh, well, think about it. This all started in the garden. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, it, that's yep. our God's intention for us was to be in a garden. Right. Of course, we screwed that up pretty good, but, you know. Um, I mean, you get out there, you work in areas, a lot of times you look, and it's just peaceful, quiet, birds are singing. It, it's mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cold this morning. It was. 
but it ended up being a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I'm out there planning and stuff and looking around at everything, and it's just, it's kind of common. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it is. And some mornings we'd be out there and kind of the dew's coming off the ground and the steam and stuff, and I've been out there, and it just, and you plant seeds and you go out and, like, I pulled the cover back on one of my carrot beds, and there's the Deer run. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you can see that on the radio, uh-huh. right? <laughs> on the podcast. But the <laughs> what about you, Deb? Are there moments that... It's just rewarding, you know, yeah. all of the stuff that he brings in from the garden. And I don't do a whole lot in the garden. I get it once it comes into the house. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just rewarding to to take this stuff and, and you know, share it with the grandkids, right. share it with... The neighbors, yeah, and even in that sharing, whether it's the sharing at the farmers market, right, or on your table, or with mm-hmm. the grandkids, right, are there are there times where it just feels like God is in it, right, all the time, yeah, yeah it does, it yeah. really does. Um, it's just rewarding, it really is. Mm-hmm. Does it catch you by surprise sometimes, or is it just? Yeah, sometimes at the end of the day, it, it's, it's you know, kind of overwhelming to think, you know, what all we accomplished in one day because, man, once the, the, the product starts coming in, it's, right. it's, it's constant, you know, it's yeah. constant until, until it slows down right. in the fall. Mm-hmm. You can look out there. Mm-hmm. And then we miss it. Then we right, miss it. Yeah, right. we really do. Mm-hmm. You can look out there and see all the plants coming up and stuff and know, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right. I mean, because people ask me questions out there, and I'm going, I don't know, really, but just do it, you know? Right. So You just put it in the ground. But when you look out there, and everything's green and growing and blooming, and it's loaded down with fruit, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. You know, somebody had to help. So you partnered with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. As I've told our, you know, our son, this pastor, mm-hmm. and I've told him before that, Everything started in the garden, and I got a feeling at the end it's all going to end up back in the mm. garden. Hmm. I think you're right. Our world, think about it, if we didn't have gardens. Yeah, what if? You know, be back to the caveman days. Mm. Hmm. If we had gardens, it's just, there's a lot of sermons to be preached out you of that bet. garden if you, you bet. if you were a man. Are there, you know, we talked about the farmers market, and but are are there things like farmer the farmers market, and are are there things that give you hope? Oh, just about because you talked earlier about there's a generation of people that have just become disconnected from the land and don't know seasons and don't know where their food comes from, and uh, part of part of our attraction to making sure every Tuesday we go to the farmers market is. We know you, and we know where that chicken or vegetables mm-hmm. are from, and and well, that's what I've tried to. You build that relationship. Yeah, it's a relationship. It is. That's why it's so important talking to other vendors and stuff that when you tell somebody something new, they can back it up because those people are trusting you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're going to buy this food and they're going to give it to their baby. You know. Right. They're trusting you that you, well, the meat plant I run, mm-hmm. the USDA inspectors, it was a USDA inspected plant, they come in all the time, and one of the, the supervisor's supervisor, 
came in one day and he said he was going to retire soon could he come here and buy meat so I figured that was the best compliment I'd ever get but like I told them I don't care about your rules I feed my grandkids out here right mm-hmm. right so it's going to be clean to my standards mm-hmm. right because I'm not going to take something home to one of them that I have to worry about yeah, yeah. right our food has become so contaminated with chemicals right and I mean I saw a cartoon one time he was reading on the package had it in the microwave and he was reading on the package and I mean it's panel after panel of nothing but chemicals yep Mm -hmm. and at the end the guy looks up and he says my compliment to the chemist Mm -hmm. you know because yeah I mean the food is and look around all the cancers all the diseases and stuff we have and yes, I know that we're better at detecting it nowadays and stuff, so you know, we have to lay that. But to me, there's so many sick people. Mm-hmm. And why? Yeah. Because I think our food is not what I don't remember the years, but there was an article out where it was talking about the nutritional value of our food. And they took a ten year span, I'm thinking it was from seventy to eighty, but mm-hmm. don't quote mm-hmm. me on those numbers. Mm-hmm. But in that 10-year span, the food had become 50% less nutritional mm. than it was. Yeah. So it had lost the value. Yeah. You can, you can take a field, and that ground can be totally sterile, and you put nitrogen, potassium, and, and phosphate on it, it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have the minerals and the, everything that you yeah. need to make that, that food nutritious and taste good to you. Right. Mm-hmm. The taste. Yeah. That's it's why when we're – I don't really – I don't feed the plants. I work on feeding the soil. Right, right. right. That's because where it begins. Because the what's going to grow. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why we don't use any of the fossil fuel chemicals or right. anything out there. Yeah. I'm not organically certified because I'm just too small and the paperwork and the mm-hmm. cost is mm-hmm. just right. But we try to follow inside that that garden area. Right. We follow it as close right. as we can to get organic. And that's mm-hmm. where people like us who know you. You don't need to be certified, Roy and Deb, because we know your farm and we know how you're caring for it. Mm-hmm. You, because we've built that relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's really true. That's what a farmer's market is. Right. It's, it's not really the sales. It's you're selling yourself mm. and the rest of it will sell. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing. We've got 25 vendors up there right now. And as a collective group, I couldn't be more proud of them. Mm. Start of it, everybody will run over and help everybody get set up. Mm-hmm. Everybody will help everybody take down. If you need something, they're right there to help you. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to find that anymore. Yeah. We were commenting on that earlier about there's there's a community between between the public and the vendors, but within the vendors, there seems to be a, a strong communal feel. Yeah. Amongst the vendors. You would think it'd be kind of competitive, you know, because. Mm you're selling something the same thing I'm selling and, and so I want to sell more of you. Right. Mm. But it's really where if I'm running low on something, I'll holler at somebody and say, hey, I think, do you have this? And they'll, you know, we'll send the customer yeah. down. Because mm. it's not a competition. Because mm-hmm. really and truly, I'm, I'm selling the same cucumbers as R&B Farms. Right. But he has people that trust him and come to his right. booth. Mm-hmm. I have people that come to my booth. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not a competition. Right. It's, we, we both sell everything that we bring. Yeah. So we help each other out. Right. I don't know if you have an answer to this, but what are your, as far as Railcar Farmers Market, what are your hopes 
What are the challenges? What are your prayers for Rail Car Farmers Market? Hopes that we can expand to the point where that we become the focal point for the city, mm-hmm. where that more and more people come there to get better, nutritious food put on their tables. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to be more expensive. There's no way we can compete with the big growers. Right. But it's going to taste better, and it's going to be a whole lot better for us. Right. Then, by coming there, we build the community. Ben Austin is a very neat little town. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really, really good people there. Mm-hmm. And as we grow, though, the farmer's market, I hope, can play a point to keep that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Because right, we're, because we're the growth grow. is coming. It is. They're, they're projecting that we'll hit 40,000 population in 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's quadrupling or better. Mm-hmm. So, but if, if we start, it's like anything <coughs> else, if we start a base to build on, build it and that's the the farmer's market to me is going to be the base for the community Mm -hmm. to build upon to keep its identity as a community Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's a challenge in and of of itself as well oh it is to to keep to keep it as a friendly safe environment Mm -hmm. a fun place for people to be Mm -hmm. and not become a competitive you know stressful you know, got to get this, got to hurry. Right. It's just a place to come laid back and just talk to people and enjoy each other. And, mm-hmm. and that's why we got the picnic tables up there. Mm-hmm. We'll get you a, a drink and some mm-hmm. pastry or something there and sit down and just talk for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The yeah. city, the CDC is paying for it, but they're going to gravel that area for us this year. So, because we had problems. It rains. It, yeah. It, yeah. Gets, yeah. it, it rained, but there were several times we had to cancel. It wasn't raining then. Right. But it rained before, and it was just a mud hole. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so the CDC is coming in and paying to have gravel and stuff put down for us. That's mm. good. And That's great. So that'll help. Um, and the city, like I said, the city's been great. They, that city owns that land. Right. And they've allowed us to get over there because when I kept watching those trees <coughs> over there and seeing all that shade, and we're standing over there in the right. sun. Yeah. And I went to talk to them, and <laughs> like I said, city manager has been great to us. I, Good. They, I called them. I saw them. We had a problem with that street right there. People were driving too fast, and people were walking across and yeah. stepping out between the cars and stuff. And he said, "Not a problem." We talked to the uh, chief of police, uh-huh. and they bring us the cones, and we block off the yeah. street there. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's inconvenient for the people that normally go through there, but it's only for a few hours. Mm-hmm. But I don't have right. to worry about some child, you know, running, and right. playing, and stepping out in front. That's right. That's right. What about you? Do you have anything to add as far as your uh, hopes and prayers for Rail Car Farmers Market? And I want to ask you the same question for back Grandkid Acres. No, just, I mean, as far as the market goes, just to continue to grow. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of great people and continue to add vendors that have the same ideas or, right. you know, plans as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, same for grandkid acres. Yeah. I mean, just Hopes, continue, challenges, to prayers. continue to do what we're doing, and Lord willing, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of summer, though, I'm telling you, we can I know get kind of whooped. You know what I mean? Right. I know that each year coming along, like I, I was always a worker. You know, I mean, that was just I was brought up that that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And I find now that I, I have my little to do list. 
and I'm lucky if I get the first three ever done because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I just can't produce what I mm-hmm. used to be able to produce. And so I know each year that I want to get a little slower and a little slower. Mm-hmm. So I'll just cut back a little bit and a little bit, but we'll still keep going. And yeah. I can't see me without a little uh, some type of garden. Now I may end up back with a couple little rows and we grow just one or two of this and that, but mm-hmm. we'll still have it out there. And I would kind of one of my secret hopes is that one of the grandkids mm. will really express an interest and want to learn and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. keep it up with mm-hmm. them. But I would never want to kind of push one that right. way because it needs right. to be something they want to learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so how old is your oldest grandchild right now? The oldest one is 23 and mm-hmm. he just got married last mm-hmm. week and we're having this reception. They, they run off to the rest of the piece. Uh-huh. Um, but we're having the reception on the Saturday. The 29th. Oh, very good. Yeah. And At your place? No. Well, they were going to They were going to on, on February place. 29th. And I'm like, out on the land, I'm like, you might want to have a backup plan, <laughs> you know, in February in Texas. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's our first grandson that's going to get married. Uh-huh. And then we've got them from 23 down to, how old is Pistol now? Six. six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have nicknames. And mm-hmm. Her nickname is Pistol. Cause pistol. She, she's she's she lives up to her little pistol name. <laughs> she, she is sweet. Ask me, she she's she reminds me a lot of of my little one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, we're gonna be. We appreciate your time today, and and this has been great. But we're gonna be talking to uh, farmers. <laughs> like y'all we're going to be talking to people in the church um about what their you know what their theologies of farming and food and faith are and and uh if it matters uh how that can be incorporated into our worship practices Uh, we're going to be talking to people that are thinking about these things and writing the books about these things and just so as we and we're we're at the we're at square one, you know, with the two of you on this process, which is beginning now. As we as we continue having conversations like this with other people uh, in these worlds, what are your hopes for this podcast called, that we're calling Farm Discipleship? Community. Mm. Because the more the word gets out. I do believe, I found out that a long time ago I thought, goodness, I'm the only one silly enough to be thinking along these lines. And then, mm-hmm. then you say something somewhere and somebody else starts, all of a sudden you start talking. Well, when we first, after we were going to the church, you know, Kingsville Covenant Church, right. and we met Peter and Catherine Hampton. That's there, where you met them? And they mm-hmm. were wanting to start a garden group. We okay. were actually, at that time we were thinking about trying to start a garden ministry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we were hoping to teach people how to garden mm-hmm. to help themselves grow their own food mm-hmm. part of it and so we started the little garden group and we're trying to get people to, not through the know, church not yeah. through the church it's just, yeah. just on our own you know kind of thing Judy Womack yeah sure. that's how yeah. we met Judy, Judy and Wayne. Wayne and Judy Womack okay. Peter and Catherine right. uh, well, we, Ken and Carol yeah, yeah. Um, Popkins Pickles hmm. he's, he's he, a uh, vendor his dad his okay. dad is, is Ken, Ken and oh, Carol yeah. He's Pop Ken's. He's the Ken in the Pop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's his son doing it, but uh-huh. that was kind of the core group that started it, and we were trying to teach each other yeah. gardening and stuff and hoping 
to get people that knew nothing about it right. with a train. Because right. I've always wanted to maybe at the church or something start a little community garden or mm-hmm. something up there mm-hmm. to yeah. either A, teach people how to do it or to take the food and distribute it to the food bank. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I, I thought that's what we were trying to achieve there, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of ended up being more of a social mm-hmm. gathering of people, yeah. like-minded people. Yeah. Right. I, like I said, with Wayne yeah. and Judy and right. everybody, we right. all kind of end up being just a socializing group, and we may become all close friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for somehow or another, we just never managed to take that extra step over to become a ministry type. Uh, right. We, we did have uh, get-togethers, though, where we uh, taught others how to can. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, it wasn't just a social event. We did learn some, you know. Yeah. Well, but there's, you know, we have, as far as the disconnection that you mentioned earlier, we've forgotten how to grow food. We've forgotten how to cook food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you know how to grow it, it's not so much, so what if you don't know how to cook it? And the mechanic. We were, I had green beans on the table, Mm -hmm. and I'd see people looking at them, and then they'd walk off looking at them. Finally, I just... My curiosity just got the better of me, and I asked a young girl, I said, "What do you like green beans? She says, I love them. I said, is there something wrong with them? She says, I don't know what to do with them. Wow. They've never seen them unsnapped. Snap. You know, they, they take the lid off and pour it yeah. in a can, you know, yeah. in a pot. Uh-huh. So the next market, before the market, Debbie and I sat there that night, and we snapped them and put them in bags. Sold them snapped. Sold them as fast Sold as they every could. Sold Wow. Already snapped it in bags for them. Whole chicken. You know, we sell whole Right. chickens. Right. And many times we talked with people, they've never cooked a whole chicken. Yeah. Mm. If it wasn't bone and skinless breast, they didn't know what to do with sure. it. Sure. So I've gone to trying to either give a recipe or explain to them uh-huh. how simple it is to right. roast a chicken. I mean, right. You know, it's mm. pretty simple. Right. Uh, cutting up a chicken, I've, I've thought about doing, a, you know, a little video thing and put it on Grandkid mm-hmm. Acres, you know, showing how to cut it. Because a chicken uh-huh. is, well, like anything else, if you know how, it's very, very simple. Right. right. But it, I, I, can see how it would be intimidating to someone that's never if done If you've it. never uh-huh. tried it. Uh-huh. So the chicken will join out and it'll join its... I, I used to have to sit there... So it's a meat cutter. Well, exactly, right. but right. he's who I would want to learn from. In, in the days, we got ice-packed chicken. They were 45-pound boxes packed with ice. They were taking those and dump them in shopping baskets and line them up. And in those days, I cut it on the saw because it's faster. Mm-hmm. I'd have four ladies standing there and they'd be packaging. I'd be cutting it up and throwing the parts as they package yeah. and stuff. And then a day I might have cut three, 4,000 chickens. Wow. Because now it comes in, you know, already packaged oh, and everything yeah. goes. In yeah. those days we had to cut it all up ourselves and stuff. Yeah. Right. But so many people don't know how to cut a chicken. Right, right. And uh, they don't know how to cook it. Right. I can remember when he said he wanted to uh, raise meat chickens, and I'm like, you know, a chicken, a chicken is a chicken, you know? <laughs> I mean, it can't taste any different. You know, oh my goodness, uh-huh. was I so wrong? Right. Because I will say the chickens are just wonderful. Yeah. And all of our customers are repeat customers. Yeah. Because yeah. they love the chicken. Yeah, but there again, it's That's a price good. point. You know, I mean, right. it's, it's four fifty a pound. Right. And mm-hmm. so you go to the grocery store and it's a dollar. You know. I know. You think it's unfortunate. And it is, but it's just like that tomato you buy from the garden versus tomato you buy at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. There is a major flavor difference, mm-hmm. juiciness difference, mm-hmm. but 
that's for, for the market. I look into doing SNAP and everything because we right. I'd love to be able to bring people that have have don't have enough income, you know, yeah. into it. But it is so complicated to to do to really? bring that and you got to bring the sales over to one person and then get some reimbursed. Food, some farmers markets they do. have that. They work through. Matter of fact, there was a seminar all the way down in San Marcos uh-huh. that I wanted to go to, but I didn't. I oh, was that Farfa? Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance. It, uh, it could it have been. Yeah, like it's it. gonna, we, we met them were, at the the deal in Beltland. Yes, um, yes. Another were, earth. They were having a seminar areas. basically over how to bring that into right. the market. And they're going to be at. It's going to be in San Marcos again in August. I just saw June. Let's see, August. It's you a know, busy time. time of I'm year. extremely busy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and trying to take leave. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough. part. And yeah, San Marcos is not right around the corner. Yeah. It was so nice because two years before that, it was in McKinney, oh, two years oh, in a row. Yeah, two years in a row from McKinney right here. Yeah, but, great yeah, yeah. Now, Roy, you mentioned uh, food bank. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Is there, is there a, there's a food bank in Sherman? Or where is the is, – is there a food bank in the no, McKinney, Sherman, Denison? I believe Denison? there's one in Sherman. I think I, there is. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I know there's – there's, there's, Several church outlets, that, you know, mm-hmm. like well, our church has a pantry, right? And yeah. First yeah. Methodist has Gail's pantry. And the problem, most of those fresh vegetables and stuff, they can't because they have no way of canning them, mm-hmm. right? Because you know we've looked thought about many times. Now, several times we've taken at the end of the deal, and a bunch of people, will, the vendors will put stuff together, and Renee will take it up to one of the fire departments mm-hmm. and give it to them, okay? You know, because you know those poor guys got to go out and buy all their own groceries and cook and stuff. There. You bet. Um, sure. When we've had excess eggs, we've taken it up to the fire department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. but I, I really would love to be able to start a community garden. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah help. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's a lot of value. Well, in, in that. the schools, you mm-hmm. think about well, that too. I mean, it's, it's like we've got youngsters that need to be eating healthy food. We had a school, and I can't remember. Oh yeah, there was, was a vendor that, a that vendor was a school that was um, all the students. Mm-hmm. You know that their products. You know, I can't remember, they, I can't remember the name. It's, they're actually over by Fort Worth, but she lives here in in Van Alstine, mm-hmm. and many of the students live mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. The students would but make things and bring it. Part of their curriculum was, you know, to learn about animals, learn about farming and stuff. Yeah. Um, Kings Trail has been trying for a long time now to start a charter school. Mm. And part of its curriculum would be actually raising a garden and stuff. Right. You know, you raising your own in food garden. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's math involved. There's yeah. everything involved sure. in learning in the garden. And something about a kid putting a seed in the ground and tending it and watching it grow, grow, and grow, and then eating that yeah. that vegetable that, you know, they, they grew. Mm-hmm. Um, Learn a lot of patience from it. Uh-huh. Right. It's not an instant gratification. You know, it takes time and work and energy, but nothing better than eating fresh food vegetables. Yeah, I do think it'd be neat though to have a community garden. I think somewhere. so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we need to get together again and talk some more about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, we've been talking for about an hour, I think, and mm-hmm. I know you've got to get back to the farm. Um, are there any anything that we haven't had a chance to touch on that you think people need to know about rancid acres? About farming. Farming. Food. Why is it important? Family. 
think, especially people who have immune systems that are weak, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that has any type of compromise, they truly need to look at the food that they're eating, mm-hmm. where they're getting it, what they're eating. Um, you go on a diet plan, usually what's when it's during the winter time, I'll pick up about 10 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm not as active. Mm-hmm. Right. But by end of April, first of May, I've dropped that 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> and I always tease people, why are y'all going out paying these health clubs when you can just get out here on the end of hole and <laughs> breathe? You know? So anybody wanting to exercise, they just come That's on. That's right, come in, get out in the garden. You do right. squats and bends and you you know, the whole nine yards. Uh-huh. But That's right. <laughs> Also, it's it's just a, a peace you can find yeah. after planting seeds and planting plants and stuff. 